Looking forward to hearing your message. I know he had a burden on his heart. Hope he's still carrying that burden. Let's pray for you, brother. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for calling us your children. Lord, we're here to glorify you as that song just was sung. Lord, we want to glorify you. We want to do your will. We want to see your kingdom come and your name be glorified. I pray for my brother now as he brings this message. I pray that you just calm his heart. I pray that you would calm the wind. Lord, if that's not your will, then I pray you give him the grace to, to get past that. Lord, I pray that your word would be spoken through him. Your spirit would stir and give him a burden that uh, is on your heart. Lord, give us ears to hear and um, help us to apply these things to our lives really and follow you wholeheartedly and seek your kingdom first. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, it's good to be here. Sorry that I missed um, a couple weeks ago. And uh, so I'm going to intend to share uh, what I had last week or the other week, not this past week. But for starters, uh, as we de-stress here a little bit, Let's all stand to our feet. Let's sing a song. Come now, Almighty King. Let's just sing two verses, the first and the last verse of song number two in these purple books. Okay? And we all know this song should be know it by memory now. And uh, let's sing this as unto the Lord. It's a beautiful song. I like the message of this song. I would like to sing all four verses. But for the, do, um, for the time, let's sing the first and the last verses. Let's see how we sing. Come thou almighty King, help us thy name to sing, help us to praise, Father all glorious, or all victorious, come and reign over us, ancients of days. To the great one in three, eternal praises be, and evermore, His sovereign majesty may we in glory see, and to eternity love and adore. Thank you. This podium is a little scary for me, but it'll work. Turn with you at me in your Bibles to Luke 15. It's a well-known chapter for a little pre-sermon thought process going on here. And then I'm going to tell you a story that... Um, why I want to uh, why I want to speak out of Luke 15. We're going to make some comments on uh, on the on the prodigal son, but not also on prodigal son. But we're going to make there's a lot of there's a lot of um, um, talk about the prodigal son and who he was and how he ran away from the father as we run away from God. And uh, but also I'm going to make some comments on the elder brother, and I want to focus on him a little bit. You know, there's not a lot of talk about the elder brother. But what about the prodigal son? And, you know, we hear lots of messages 
about the prodigal son, but not the elder brother. At least I haven't. And uh, I want to talk about him a little bit because of what I heard this past week. And um, this story just staggers me a little bit. I'm just like, whoa. So turn with me to Luke 15. And let's start. Let's read this passage of Scripture. And, it's, and he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. <clears throat> And when he, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent and sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would fain have filled his belly with with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he did come to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? And I will arise and go to my father and say unto them, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am new worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight and no more worthy and no more worthy to be called thy son. And the father said to his servants, Bring hither the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And, and bring hither the fat calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son is dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found, and he began to be merry. Now the story changes to the elder son. And so here's what I have. I just penciled these things down quickly. Let me see if I can find this here. About this, about this prodigal son. <clears throat> The prodigal son, he was self-willed, he was selfish, he, he, had, he was full of himself, he was spiritually and morally bankrupt. You know, that's a beautiful picture, that is a picture, of, not a beautiful picture, but that is a picture of what we are like when we are away from God. We are spiritually bankrupt, we are, we are full of ourselves. You know, Satan, he likes to paint pictures of beauty, of what is out there in the world. But you know what? He will never paint you a picture of what the end result, what your reward will be at the end of a Christless life. He will never paint that. You know, I see many times these cigarette, these cigarette uh, billboards. You know, they paint this. You know, Marlboro's. He paints this nice horse and this cowboy riding on this horse, and man, he's having heyday. It all looks great and good. But he will never put up a billboard of some guy or some lady who has smoked all their life breathing on a machine in a hospital grasping for their last breath. He will never paint that to you. And I'm here to tell you this morning, the world will never fulfill the need in your life that you want. You know, if you want fulfillment, we have to find it in God's, in God's, in, in God's order. The world has nothing, there is nothing in this world that satisfies. <clears throat> And now we find this, the, find this prodigal son. He's at the bottom. And you know, I'm sure when he was out there feeding them hogs all day long, he was like, how in the world did we get down here at this low? You know, there is one way with Satan, and that is down. And you know, he, 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 I'm sure he thought like everybody else thinks when they go down this road. You know, why am I here? What am I doing? I had life good at home. And you know, away from God, away from his dad, away, he had it all. 
And yet, you know what? Give me, give me the money. I'm gone. I'm going. I'm moving out of town. I'm going to go and do what I want to do. I will live life to its fullest. But you know what? He found there just emptiness, and then he found more emptiness until he said, "And I, these, these are these are some beautiful words of scripture." He says, "He said he he um he said in verse 18, he said, I will rise and go to my father.'" In 17, he came to himself. There was a realization. He came to himself. Realization. I will arise and go. I have sinned. There's a repentance there. I am no worthy to be called thy son. He arose and returned to his father. So if you are here this morning, away from God Almighty, there is a way you can arise and do as the prodigal son and return to the father. And you know that God wants to put the best robe on you. He wants to put a robe of righteousness on you. You go back to Jesus, you know what you will find? You will find mercy. You will find acceptance. You will find riches of grace. And what a grand reunion for you. Now, the story changes. Let's, let's uh, keep on reading here. Let me see here. 25. Now this elder son was in the field, and he came and drew nigh to the house, and he heard music and dancing. Now, I, I can imagine this elder son is like, what the world? I mean, what has come over my dad? What, what is coming over to this place? What is coming over to this farm? You know, what, what, I mean, music and dancing. I mean, come on, really? And he, and he said unto him, thy... thy um, Whoops, we missed the verse. And he, and he called one of his servants and asked, what do these things meant? You know, he didn't go and find out for himself. He, he didn't bother. He didn't, he didn't bother to go look for himself. Why did he just jump on a quad and go look? Why did he get on, why did he get on his go-kart and go look? Maybe he but jumped on his horse and went and looked. But he sent one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said, thy brother has come, thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he received him safe and sound. Isn't that beautiful? And verse 28, the barometer changes. And it says that he was angry and would not go in. And therefore he came, therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered, saying to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress. Oh, man, I've got it all together. I was with you. I stuck it out through thin and thin, through the drought and the good times and the rain and all these things. I did exactly what you told me to do. I followed you to the letter of the law. And he answered to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress at any time thy commandment. He was always obedient. Get that, children. Get it good. Always obedient. He never failed. The Bible says we are all sinners. So, elder son, get it together. Get it. You might as well get this big, black, and straight. You do not have it all together if you have that mentality here this morning. And yet, thou never gave me a kid, and I might make merry with my friends, but as soon as this thy son is come and hath devoured thy living with the harlots, thou hast killed, hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. You know, son, you have it all, and you're still angry. And it was meet that I should give, make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead, and is alive again, is lost, and is found. I mean, what more do you want? Rejoice with me. So this is what I got pinned down for this elder son in his, pro, in his thought. He was angry. He was selfish. He was full of jealousy. He was self-righteous. 
and he had little or no compassion for the sinner or God. He measured others by, we measure others by our spiritual yardstick. And we're very concerned about the outside. But we are dead. We are dead. Now let me tell you a story. <clears throat> this past week, I was talking to a man. And this did not happen in this state, so don't even try to figure it out. This happened a long ways from here. There was a lady, I think he said a lady, that was on her deathbed, and she had this caretaker over her. And she was nigh unto death. And this caretaker said, Don't you want me to pray for you? As you are here taking your last breath. And she says, No. She said, I'm a good Mennonite. I did everything I was always supposed to do. I, I, lived, I tried to live good. I lived a good life. And all these types of things. She, would go down, she went down this row. And she was nigh unto death. She said, don't, you don't need to pray for me. And before he finished his story, I was getting highly concerned. And she closed her eyes. And this is where her last words were. That were audibly heard. According to this man's story. She got to the door of heaven. She was knocking on the door. And this was what was heard. Please open the door. And that was it. That was the last words. Please open the door. If you are here this morning with an elder, elder brother spirit, you will knock at the door, but the door will not be open to you. You have to have the spirit of the prodigal son. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. The Bible says, though a righteous man fails seven times, he will get back up. I appreciate, Brother Mike, and your, and your um, plane story. I also rode on a plane one day, some years ago. Now, this was not a plane. This was, well, let's just call it a plane for sake of conversation. But this is one of these ultralights. And you know what? Don't ever ride on an ultralight. It will take your Christianity away. <laughs> I rode, and it was this time of the year. It was in the fall, and it was windy. And so this man comes to me and says, Hey, do you want a plane ride in my ultralight? I said, Sure, I'll go with you. And we flew. We left, we left the airstrip, and we flew due south. And he showed me a place. I knew this guy's place. We flew there. And the wind was blowing like it was really blowing. I was looking down, and I was trying to... See if this crazy thing was even moving. And I looked down and I, and I, and I lined up a, a bar. Of course, this is all open pit, open cockpit. And I was looking down and I had this, this, this framework lined up on a piece of whatever down there. And I'm like, we ain't moving. And it was blowing. And, and I'm like, and we were at 2,000 feet. I'm like, life is over. And I'm like, we got to get this crazy thing turned around. And I knew what would happen when you try to turn around. And, you know, we had a strong wind out of the south. And I knew what happens when you try to turn this thing around. This, this ultralight is going to rock. And who knows what's going to happen. But you know what? The Bible says, fear not. We got this thing turned around. And as we were coming into land, by that time we had a crosswind. And I'm saying, hey, 
We are never going. We came over the over to the neighbor's buildings from the, to the south of us. There, we were there. We're at my place of employment, trying to land on this on this on this airstrip. And I'm saying, I'm right behind the pilot, and I say, we will never hit this runway. I look down. I'm like, we're a long ways off from this runway. So he up ramps it up, and he makes it another turn. I'm like, Lord, just land this plane safely. So he tries again. And you know what? When the chips were all down, we were way out in the field. We never did hit the runway. My point of this whole story is, though a righteous man falls seven times, he will get back and he will try again. So sinner here this morning, saint here this morning, get right, sinner, get right with God. Saint this morning, if you have fallen this morning, or if you have fallen in your past life, get back up again. Get back and try to hit the runway again. With God's help, you will get back on the runway. Make good choices in your life. The, 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 uh, the prodigal son, he didn't make good choices in his life. And wrong choices will take you down the wrong road. And that's my, that's my sermon. I'll start preaching here in a minute if you just give me a chance. But it's, make wise choices. Don't make the choices of the prodigal son. Don't make choices where the prodigal son started out. Don't make those type of choices. Make the choices. Yes, make choices that the prodigal son actually made. I will arise and go to my father. I will go back home. I will go back to where I belong. You know, many of us find ourselves in life. We don't know where we're at. But make choices that will take you home. And so turn with me to Genesis 15. And you may be sitting here this morning and says, well, I already made choices in my life. And they weren't good choices. Now, how do I fix the problem? You know what? There is hope for you this morning. That you can fix it. You can be back in community with God. And you can be on the straight and narrow again, just as the prodigal son. And you will find, here's, a, here's an old patriarch of old who made some unwise choices. And yet God blessed him. God used him. And you know, in his lineage is the lineage of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, it's amazing. Even Rahab the harlot. Of all people, God used people who were down and out. God used people who did not have it all together. You know, many times I think, you know, if I would just have it together like, like so-and-so. You know, we have those people in our lives. And, you know, we look at individuals like, man, if I just had it together like they do, then I got it. Or if I would be at this certain place. But you know what? God isn't looking for all that. You know what God's really looking for? He's looking for an amen heart. He's looking for a heart that says, God, I will go with you to the ends of the world if that's what it takes. I will be a mouthpiece for you. I will be a piece of encouragement for somebody. Just put me in the pathway of people. You know what? God will use you. And God, it's just amazing. As I... You know, many times, you know, I wonder, well, you know, why do I even exist? I struggle with that. Why do I exist? There's more to life than this. There's more to life than, you know, then we look at some people and we think, you know, well, they're just more spiritual than I am. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. But you know what? Don't compare yourself with, with other people. Don't compare yourself with Johnny and Henry and Susie and Sally out there. God wants you as an individual to be exactly what he wants you to be and that God would use you as a mouthpiece, as an, as an instrument in his choir. Okay? So here we have Abraham in chapter, Genesis chapter 15. Let's read Genesis chapter 15. 
the first six verses. And after this, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward. Now, how would you feel if you had a night vision and God came to you and said those very same things to you? I am thy shield and thy great and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, thou what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he shall go forth out of thine own bowels, shall be thine heir. And he brought forth him forth, and Abram says, Look now toward heaven. And tell the stars, if thou be able to number them, and he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Now, what do you think? What do you think Abraham thought when God told him that? God, you gotta be dreaming. I, I am old. My wife is old. We have no children, and you're now you're you're telling me to look up in the skies and count the stars, and for for multitude. And this is what my seed is going to be like when I go childless. God. You, I, I, I get it. You're a miracle worker. You can do all these things. But God, listen. I don't have a child. I, I, go, I don't have a son. And, and you know, so if you read this story, we don't have time to read this story, but if you read this story, you know, Sarai, she took things in her own hands. She says, here, take my handmaid, Hagar. And out of that, who was born? Anybody want to tell me who was born? Ishmael, and you know there is a there is a there is a thing with Ishmael that we that this world is still is an ongoing process in this world and it will be till God says no more, time out, time is over. You know the it gives us show the importance of our choices and our decisions that we make. And this morning, I want to try to impress upon your heart this morning the choices that you make, the little choices in life you make. You know what? Maybe Abraham thought, well, it's no big deal. It's just Ishmael's born. Okay. But you know what? It didn't go very good with him. You know, his wife, Sarah, she, there, was, there, was, there was friction in the house. You know, there was jealousy going on. You know, and Hagar, she finally left. And God said, what are you doing out here? You know, putting in all this in my own words. What are you doing out here? You know what God told her? Go and submit yourself to Sarai, your, your, your master. And you know, as the a, as a, as a story moves on, God reinstated his, or talked to Abraham again, or Abram again, and says, you know, I'm going to give you a son. It was quite a few years later, 10, 15 years later. Then Isaac was born, and let me see if I can find this. In verse, in chapter 17, you know, Abram, he was 90 years old, and 9, he was almost 100 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. 
and I will make thy covenant between thee and between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, chapter 17 of Genesis, and and God talked with him, saying, and he goes on to say of all these things that he's going to do. Verse six, he says, I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and will make me make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. In chapter in verse verse seven, it talks about the the king of all kings, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, in their generation for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee and to thy seed ever after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, and the land of Canaan, for everlasting possession, I will be their God. You know, then there was a dialogue with, with Abraham. And, and Abraham, in verse 15, it says, Abraham, And God said unto Abraham and to his uh, wife, and he changed his wife's name to Sarah, And I will bless her, and give thee, a, give thee a son also to her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Verse 17, And Abraham fell upon his face, and laughed, and said to his in his heart, Shall, she, shall a son be born unto him? That is a hundred years old, and shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? And Abraham said unto God, and this is this is a man's thought process. This is how man thinks. You know, when God wants to work a miracle in your life, this is the way man thinks. Oh, that Ishmael may walk before, may live, walk before thee. That it, that Ishmael would just be this person that you want him to be. God says no. This is of a bondwoman. No, this is not what I have in mind. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son of thee, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish thy covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he begat, and I will make him a great nation. So here we have all this strife that we have in the Mideast, all because the choices, the decisions that this couple made many, many years ago. Clear back in Genesis. And I'm here to tell you the choices that you make in life, young people and old alike, the choices, will, the choices that you make today, what you don't think is important. But if it is, if it is in violation to God's Word, I'm telling you here this morning, it will take you down the wrong road. And yet there will be a day when you will say, how did I get here? You will be like the prodigal son. How did I get here feeding these hogs all day long? I would have bailed off the wagon too. I would have went and found some beef, a beef ranch. But how he's saying, you know what? You take the wrong road, you will end up in the pig pen. Just like the prodigal son. Because of the choices that you make in life that do not honor God. I'm here to tell you. And you know what? Even more important, you find yourself in the pig pen. It's away from God. But you know the eternal destiny, the, the eternal destiny that you have at the end of the trail will not be where you want to be. I just read a story. I have a, a book in my um, head, head in my headboard, my bed. When I can't sleep at night, I grab this book and I read it. And I am stirred by many times the the miracles that God worked through prayer. And I am also stirred by testimonies of people who did not end up in, in life eternal. They end up in the opposite direction. They did not end up where they wanted to go. Let me tell you a quick story. There was a man. He lived a very, he lived like the prodigal son. He lived a very wicked life. He had a praying mother. And he ended up in, at the gates of hell. And he did not want to be there. 
So God, in His cry to to change to change His eternal destiny, He, he this was all in a dream, okay? And He had this dream. It was a very vivid dream. And He awoke from there, and He got the, He heard the 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 cries. He heard the thirst that was going on down there. He heard all these things and the magnitude that cannot be described by pen or word or thought of the pain that goes on there. And he said, I will change direction in my life. You know what the, you know what the demons told him? We will see you here in one year and one day. We will see you there. We will see you back. He comes back to life. He comes back back out of his dream. He continues to... He said, I will change. He, 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 he came back from all that, and he did not change one iota. You know why? Because he feared what somebody might think of him if he becomes a religious freak. And you know, many times we are concerned what other people think about me. And I am here to tell you, it controls a lot of people, me included. Because I'm scared what Johnny and Henry are going to say about me. What they will think about me. Because I have chosen to follow the ways of God. What about all my, my gambling buddies? What about my drinking friends? And guess what? I, so, on a, this was on a Labor Day. This was, <laughs> Labor Day. This was on a... Um, a leap year where there's one extra day and this group of people they called them um, um, I'm not sure what, what they called them but they were it was not a good name but on the on the 29th of February <clears throat> this dream this vision this whatever happened to him happened on the 29th or happened yes a year from on the 28th of February so it would have been a year and a day. On the 29th, this man, he had a whole year to make restitution with God Almighty. And he, you know, you know, I can't, he, he got back, he, he went back to his old lifestyle, went back to his drinking friends, went back to his gambling habit. And guess what? A year and a day later, he died. And he went to the very place where Satan and the demons dwell. Because he was a scared, he was afraid of what people think. You know, if I was, I was shooken to the core by reading the graphic, what he, what was written in that in that book, and I'm like, how many people are there that are sitting in our churches that are that we look good on the outside? We have this elder brother, we have this elder brother attitude, no passion, no concern for the lost. You know what? I look good on the outside. I, I have I got it all together. I don't want people to know that I'm struggling. Last Sunday, a week ago, we were at Brother Wyatt Pigs for lunch, and they had this little Bible study. And you know, it was just a handful of couples there. And I detected very quickly that this, as this one couple was, and I would really like to sit down and talk to them a little bit. But I detected very quickly that you know what, this young lady is struggling. She didn't know where she was at. She didn't, she, I forget how she had a word. I'm going to put it in my own words. She, she, she was not in communication with God. The Bible has become dry to her. Hey, guess what? If I have to read through um, Leviticus, yeah, it's kind of dry. It's like, really? You know, I don't like to read in Leviticus. I would rather read in Revelation or, or, or Acts, the things that happened, exciting things that went on. But it was just good there to listen to the victories and the defeats of people 
including ourselves. You know, Christ is the Redeemer of our past and of our present if we continue to be in tune with Him. Jesus is the cup that will, will never run dry. And you know, His presence, to be in His presence is like heaven. And you know what? You may find yourself in the wrong decisions, just like Abraham of old and the prodigal son, and you may wonder, you know, if, does God's grace, is God's grace be able to flow deep enough for everything that I did? I'm a, I'm a living testimony of that. You know, there was many things that I was involved in. People had no clue. But you know, here's a here's a here's a phrase. He said, His grace abounds in the deepest waters. His grace, his hand is still outstretched. My time is this clock has is is causing me problems. I just want to leave you with this. The poor choices affected the whole, 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 the whole human race that Abraham and Sarah took into their own hands. Poor choices results that they made affect the whole world. Ishmael was born. You know, all these things. And why God allowed all that, I don't know. Abraham failed, but God didn't give up on him. You know what? We can make another pass. We can try to hit the runway again. You know what? I was just born happy to just let that plan land out in the field off the runway. I just wanted to get this thing on the ground. You know, I, it, was, it was way too windy for what we were trying to do. And God said, Sarah, you will bear a son. Taken out of verse 19. There, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And here's what I want to leave with you. God's grace. God's plans are always better than mine. God's grace is greater than all our sins. Our God's grace, will He wants to pour out His grace upon your life. Whatever we did, regardless how how bad we were, how, how much we were involved in, you know, God's grace. We're running out of time. Let me just quickly read, read down through this. The choices we make of today have an impact on the decisions we will be tomorrow. So if you want to change your decisions today, you want to change who you are and the direction your train is going, you need to make decisions today that will change the direction of the wagon. You cannot maintain on this trail to destruction. If you, you say, well, how can I? It's because of the decisions you make. It's because of the choices you make. It's because of the choices I make that I, I have to make decisions. You know, when we were first married, there was a lot of... Um, I'm just going to be point and blank and honest. There was a lot of vices we both had. There was a lot of things that we both had. And I said, you know what? We are not going to repeat the past history. We have to make decisions that will affect tomorrow. We have to make decisions that will change the direction of our lives and, our, and eternity. Make an impact for eternity. How are you going to get there? Through God's Word. Just carefully reading God's Word. Get in the book. They establish a pattern and a foundation for our lives. You want to make a good foundation? You get in the book and make a good foundation. Remember that sermon I preached eight eons ago about building a foundation? We talked about the Sears Tower. We pounded them pilings in hundreds of feet into the ground. You know, there's a reason why, you know, you know, everybody wants to see the glory of the tower and how this thing all looks. But you know what? There's a lot of work and a lot of effort that goes into the foundation that nobody sees. You want a, you want a life that's going to stand for eternity and, 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 a stand that's, and, a, and a foundation that's going to impact people for eternity? You build a good foundation in your life. You get with God. You get on, you know, you know who, 
Who really cares? You know, when I was growing up, you know, nobody wanted to be a Jesus freak. And I, you know what? God put me in the past as a man. You know, they didn't really care. They didn't really care. They preached Jesus all, all everybody they came to. They didn't really care. And I'm like, you know, if they can do it, you know, then I need to make some changes in my life. You know, talk about the Lord to people over nothing. I mean, you know, and if there's ever opportunity, it's today over this, 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 this epidemic that's in our land. You know, people are running scared. They're concerned about this. They're concerned about that. And on and on they go. One man told me, he says, you know what? I'm buying an AK. I'm buying, I'm buying an AK-15. We're going to fix the problem. I'm like, yeah, right. You can buy all the guns this world has, and it is not going to fix your problem. And uh, anyway, I don't know I'm good enough to tell him that, but I'm going to someday. <clears throat> you and I are who we are today because of the choices we made yesterday. You and I are today, or who we are today because of the choices we made yesterday. Are you making good, positive choices? Are you making godly choices in your life? You know what? I saw a young people. I saw this one young person, and it was actually last Sunday, and she was expressing herself, and she was getting a little emotional about the whole thought process, and and I thought, you know what? I could fix your problem pretty easy. You know what? Let's not just be try to be cool. Let's just get past that. You know, as young people, young people, I'm talking to you this morning. You know, we want to be cool. We want to be well thought of. You know, there's nothing wrong with that in the proper perspective. But you know what? Deep down inside, now this is how I'm just telling you a personal testimony. Deep down inside, the people that God put in my pathway that were godly young people, even though I did not want to be like them because I didn't think they were cool, but there was a respect that I had for them because of who they did and what they stood for. You know, the same thing. Listen, the choices we make today have an impact on the decisions we will be making today. So are you making wise, wholesome, holy decisions in your life today? Make them. If you don't know how, go find somebody. And you may say, well, I heard, I heard tons of excuses. And I... Well, my dad isn't who he needs to be, and my, my my and they have a list of list that goes on, and there's no end to their. I, I, I think I've heard them all, but you know what? Go and if you are one of those people this morning, go find somebody, a godly man, a godly lady in your life, and you listen to them. And I will guarantee you, hands down, 100%, they're not going to tell you everything you want to hear. But you know what? Stay on the wagon because they will help you to find a better life for you. And, and point you in a direction. That's what I did. I am so grateful for these men who told me told me things that I didn't want to hear. Okay, here I lost my, my lost my place. The time the clock is ticking. Um, let's see where are we at here. I feel I haven't always been, made the right choices. Hey, we can all if we I ask for a raise of hands, we'd all say we have not made the right decision. Who we are tomorrow is determined by the choices we make today. We already talked about. Choosing life means choosing, choosing to worship and obey God. Choose life today. Choose to worship and to obey God in your best ability today and tomorrow. Choose life. Choose faith. Do not choose fear. There's tremendous amount of fear going on in our world today. If I, I like, I, I use a lot of mechanical terms. So if the, if the, if if faith and fear were on a gauge, I guarantee the needle would be pegged out on the fear side in today. But you know what? When you find people who have a faith in God, 
When you find people who have a, a, a sense of peace about them, there is something different about them. There is something that attracts you to them because, you know, these guys, they don't fear. They're okay with everything that's going on in our world today. Why? Because there is a God who is in heaven that is sitting on the throne and He will not allow nothing to happen that He don't allow, that He will not allow. You know, I like the story of the fiery furnace. You know, you know all these things that happen, you know. You know, God's just like, you know what, it's okay. You know, these people, these men were just obedient to me. So you know what? I'm going to show my strength and I will show those wicked men who I really am. You know what? I, at the last, at the end of the trail, I'm going to have the last laugh, so to speak. And it's the same way. When Moses escorted those people out of Exodus and they came to the river, and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Egyptians were behind them. And there was no way to go. God says, you know what? You follow me and I will have the last laugh. I will have my way. I will protect you. Faith. You know, and I would like to ask you this question. If you were presented with the fiery furnace, or if you were the one who was supposed to walk across the river and they couldn't walk there, you know what? what would you be one of those murmurers? Would you be one of those people like... You know, how is this all going to work out? This furnace is so smoking hot that, you know what, we even get close with dust right now. You know, how would you, how, you know what, I like the answer that they give. You know what, King, we really don't care. You know, if God can save us from the fiery furnace, and it, it don't matter. He will either choose to allow us to burn or allow us to live. We will continue to be obedient to God. And that has to get settled in our hearts today. Choose, choose to worship, not worry. Choose to obey over excuses and disobedience to God. You know, what about Saul? He had all these excuses of why he did what he did. Choose God above the idols. There's all kinds of idols. We say, we say, well, we don't worship idols today. Really? Really? Maybe. Maybe. In idolatry, we put the gift above the giver. In idolatry, we put the gift above the giver. Choose life and blessing over death and curses. Where are you at today? Where are you at today? And I would just like to finish up with this thought with you. Where sin runs deep, grace runs deeper. Praise to Jesus. The grace runs deeper. So no matter how long and how far you have went down in your life, in your past, and I pray that there's no one here that would choose to go out there and to walk away from God. We're too close to the end. I strong. I am a firm believer. I am very... I, I am very, I am convinced that this world is about ready to see some things that we, we have never saw before. And um, if there's ever a day when we need to be a people of power and people who shed the light, it's today when there is so much fear and so much uncertainty about the future.
Make wise choices. Make godly choices. Make choices that would honor God. And uh, I just wanted to leave that with you. Make choices. Now, let me tell you another story. In this same book, this book is clear full of these type of stories. In this book, and it's just it just illustrates, again, the, 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 the power of choice. You know, in this book, and this book was written clear back in the 1800s, so this is an old book. And somebody reprinted it. And in this story, I'll try to reach back in my memory how this whole story went. I might have to make up some of the details as we go along, but the punchline is still the same at the end of the trail. But there was this, there was this man. He, was a, he had lots of power in the community. He was a very high and mighty. He had, he had a lot. Of, he, was on a, he had a big ego. He had, you know, people, when he walked through the door, it's like, whoa. Johnny's here today. I don't even know what his name was. Johnny's here today. You know, they almost like bowed down to him. Like he, he held high, powerful offices in town. And, you know, his, um, he married a Christian lady. But she, through the course of time, she kind of shucked that all over, over her left shoulder. She forgot God as, she, as life rolled on. But one day, there was a, a Sunday school class that met, and the, his three children, three or four, I think three children, got, in, got invited to a Sunday school into this class. And through the course of time, these three youngsters got saved, and they, they learned about who Jesus was. And so, therefore, they tried to get their parents to come. And they, he refused to do it. There is no way he is going to stoop down that low. Christianity is for the weak and the feeble-minded. And, you know, this is an old song that people have sung for years. Christianity is for the weak and the helpless. I'm here to tell you Christianity is not for the weak and helpless in one sense of the word. But it is for, we cannot help ourselves. But we need, we need, um, we need direction from on high. You know, we're, we're man. Who are we? Are we above the Creator? That we, we don't need the Creator in our lives? However, whatever. So one Sunday, after weeks of trying to get their parents to come, their dad to at least come to a prayer meeting or to a church service, he decided, uh, but, you know, Sunday morning came, and, you know, he was feeling kind of lonely. The house was empty. His wife actually went to this meeting. And then this meeting, she became born again. Hallelujah. I mean, now we got four on the, on the, on the train going to heaven. We got four people. Now they're all praying for this man. So this man was at home by himself, and he decided that he is going to take a walk and just have some time to think. You ever do that? I like driving down the road, no radio, no music, no nothing, and just think. And t think until you just like, go off the road, okay? So here he is in the 1800s. They weren't driving no vehicles back then. But he was on a walk, and there he saw, he saw there a sparrow that was making a big rocket, or a, a small bird making a big rocket, right? And he's like, what the world is going on? And he goes, and he looked a little closer, and guess what he saw? This sparrow was, was, was trying to, um, was being enchanted by a snake. And so this snake, the snake was going in a circle, and this sparrow was flying in a circle above the snake. But this snake was playing games with this, this bird. And I didn't realize that this is how it works, but... As that bird was flying around this snake, you know, he was flying in a big circle. 
But as this as the snake was doing his enchanting this bird, this this bird was flying in a smaller and smaller and smaller circle. The bird the snake was enchanting the bird. And this thing was going around and when it got to a certain point the, the snake would strike. This man was tempted to kill the snake, to do away with this snake, but he decided he's gonna watch. He watched long enough to see the snake charm the bird long enough that the snake eventually got the bird. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit. These family his, his wife and children, came back from this Sunday school class from church service, and they decided, they banded together, decided that they are going to pray for the salvation of their father, and they will pray until he comes through. They will pray to God Almighty that, that in prayer, as it is said, moves the hand of God. So he walks in the house, and, he, and there he sees his wife with her Bible open on her lap, reading God's Word, which she hasn't done for a long time. And then he goes upstairs, and he, and he hears his children, a girl, one of his daughters, praying for the salvation of their dad. And he said, well, this isn't a safe place to be, so he's going he's gonna to go out in the barn of all places, and he's going to distance himself from the house. These people are all praying for his salvation. They did not know that he they did not know that he was in the house and he heard them praying. So he goes out in the barn, and guess what? One of his sons is out in the haymow praying for the salvation of dad. It didn't matter where he went, he was bombarded by prayers of salvation for his soul. And the comment that this young man made in his prayer was this this very thing, and this this is just divine of all things. The prayer that this young man prayed was, Do not let the serpent charm my dad. And that just shocked him to the core because of the thing that he saw in, in, in watching this snake charm this bird. And, this, and God used that and shot an arrow straight into his heart. Do not leave the serpent charm my dad. And you know what? The world is charming people just exactly like that, like that bird. So I'm here to tell you, do not let the world charm you. Do not let Satan charm you with all these nice and beautiful things that God has given us to enjoy. But let's give the glory to God Almighty. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you for your love upon us. Lord, we just thank you for this amphitheater with all these big trees. The wind's blowing. You chose not to steal the wind, but that's okay because we still believe that you could call the wind. We know you did it before, but it's okay, Lord. And I just pray today, Lord, as we take stock of our lives, that we would not be charmed by the enemy. And also, Lord, that we would make wise choices and decisions that would impact eternity for you. And help us to make decisions that would point us in a direction toward you and to live holy lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.